Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to this weekend's edition of Man on the Post. I'm Greg. I'm filling in for Ross this week. He's doing something about with a superb owl, but I'm sure he'll fill us in about that next week. Um, so with me, I've got a few of the usual blokes who we have on here. We've got Colin. Hi there. We've got Tom. Evening. And we've got Adam. Hello. Now, to start us off, we'll go to the big game, the biggie. Half five on Saturday night, and it was Stamford Bridge, Chelsea versus Manchester City. I didn't see this one because I was on the way home from football. So, someone kick us off. Tell me all about it. Uh, Chelsea got everything they wanted from the game. Not losing. Yeah. How many centre backs did he have on the have on the pitch at the end? I lost. I lost count. It was just the lost. three. Was it? Or I miss. <laughs> Um, it was at least three. You're definitely three. He, he has three, doesn't he? he, he count, it depends what you count Ivanovic as. And Gary Cahill at the moment. <laughs> I'd say more of a liability than a centre-back. So maybe but, um, just two still. Yeah. Um, but how did this game shape up? Chelsea took the lead early on, didn't they? Yeah, through Loic Remy. A, well, a, a, a good through, goal, but... Through the brilliance of Eden Hazard, I'd say. Yeah, my my query on that would be, why didn't company stick his foot out? He seemed to be. Do I put it out? Was he scared of putting it in his own net? Yeah, that's exactly it. He thought he was going to score an own goal. <sighs> okay. Yeah. My my argument would be, it looked like it was going to be a certain goal anyway, unless he thought maybe there was another City player behind him that could help out, but. You can only assume he didn't know what he had, but exactly that, that he didn't know what he had behind him. He's struggling at the moment, isn't he, company? He is. I saw a fantastic tweet, I think, from Zonal Marking. Uh, it was a good couple of weeks ago now when he first came back saying that a rare Vincent Company error is what used to be a rare Pepe Rainer error. As in, it happens all the time. He's uh, losing, losing his man to Vincent Company what a near post was to Pepe Reina. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, well, Chelsea did, weren't ahead for long, were they? It was um, David Silva equalised just before the stroke half-time. Yeah, with um, well, it was an inspired little deflection because it, it, you, you wouldn't think very often you'd be wanting to get in the way of a shot from Sergio Aguero, but that was definitely going wide. So, and with Ivanovic on the post, I think that who was appealing Chelsea, for offside, wasn't he? Alongside another Chelsea defender yeah. on the post, yeah, yeah. Some of his finest work. Yeah, I, I tell you, who I don't know if anybody else is thinking this, but a player who's standing out for me more and more for Man City is James Milner. He, he seems to be 
quite heavily involved in, in a lot of the good stuff that they're putting together. It's quite it's quite impressing me. Well, he it, it was his in the summer, isn't he? He is, yeah. It was his his um, run across the box that completely um, flummoxed uh, Courtois, which is a, possibly the first mistake we've seen him make all season. The way he came for that ball, completely missed it, and that's what gave Aguero the empty net to well, essentially shoot and miss at, but was where the goal came from. And it, 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 I, I think that Colin's completely right, and without what Milner does there, Man City don't score there. Here's something else I picked up on. You know, you, you mentioned about questions about company. Keep an eye out for John Terry, and I'm, I'm his biggest fan, right? I think he's a good player, but he's You looking... and Wayne Bridge's wife. <laughs> yeah, but um, I've got to say, I think he's looking a bit flaky. I think he's playing on memory. I think he's he's struggling a little bit. So it's just a sort of heads up there. Keep keep an eye out for John Terry, because he, he's, he's got to up his game a bit, I think. Are you making the bold claim, Colin, that a, a, a 36-year-old John Terry might be past his best? I, I don't care about his age. I still think he's a, he's a, he's a quality act, a class act, but <laughs> is, has, his, has his time has his time, is his time starting to come? Is, it, is, he, is he really on the slide now? Greg, when was the last time that John Terry was referred to as a class act? Well, certainly not ethically or morally. Was it before or after he pissed in a plant pot? <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I meant as purely as a footballer. When it comes to defending set pieces, maybe. <laughs> when it comes to defending himself in court, <laughs> not quite. Um, should we touch on before? We'll touch on Lampard very quickly. Bit of a, should we say a mixed response, or was it just one or two? I think it was one or I two, think. and then it was immediately. It was one of those things where. You know, when a couple of people start to boo very quickly on and then that almost spurs the rest of the crowd to do the right thing even more and even louder. I think that those couple of boos probably elevated the reception he got even more because they wanted to drown out what they saw as the idiots. There was one... There was one guy, like he must have been forty-five years old, who managed, to, who came with his own A three banner, <laughs> that managed to do the rounds on Twitter. It was brilliant. I saw someone had put it onto the um, the Kim Sears jumper <laughs> this morning, which made me laugh. Just, what does this banner say? I haven't seen it. No, me You're neither. no longer a legend, or something like that. Uh, you are a traitor to Chelsea FC and Chelsea fans. But then he had two pictures of Frank Lampard that he seemed to have sellotaped on. Yeah, it's like he it he'd was... like he like he cut them out of Shoot magazine, or he cut them out of his previous legend Frank Lampard banner. <laughs> I'm sure New York City's Frank Lampard doesn't really care that much either way. Now, what about we'll, we'll touch on him very quickly. We've done Lampard. Now, did was there someone a certain individual Chelsea were missing yesterday? I don't know what you're getting at. Oh. <laughs> Not not that Costa fella. Not like ah, oh, I would say that as much as this pains me, it's like agreeing with Jamie Redknapp. As much as they missed Costa, they also missed Fabregas. I think you, in taking those two players out of the team, you were taking out seventeen goals and fifteen assists. That's maybe a little yeah. bit too much. I mean, if you uh, look at Chelsea's bench yesterday, it was pretty 
um, yep. slim, wasn't it, on on quality and and experience? It was dire, absolutely dire. Yeah. And what was what I thought was very evident in the game was how the 120 minutes they played against Liverpool were taken out of them because. I don't think they had... I'm not sure if it was a shot on goal or they definitely didn't have a shot on target in the second half. It seems to be a tactic that they're deploying pretty well at the moment. Soon that, that was the the way that they went up to Anfield and played. They only have one shot on target up there. And again, when Liverpool came back, they, they weren't on um, full throttle going forward. But, you know, like we said at the beginning of this bit, a point is, you know... Everything that Chelsea could have wanted, other than a win, keeps them five points clear. That's exactly it. I saw some people on Twitter like complaining about the pragmatism of Jose Mourinho, the pragmatism of Chelsea, and how they were playing not to lose, and how that was really sort of against the game. But I just think that a a, a win would have been a terrific result for them, obviously, and a, but a draw was still a good result, and. A defeat was a shocking result. Just the disparity between the two, between winning and losing that game, was so high. But they, there was never any chance that they were going to try and win it. What we'll do now, we'll pop over to the Hawthorns, where it was West Brom nil, Tottenham three, where it was soon to be England's Harry Kane with a brace, taking him up to twenty goals for the season. He's great, isn't he? You I tell mean, me. Well. Tell him. Well, I mean, Roy Hodgson's must be cock a hoop. He's he's got to he's got to select him for England now, and and arguably shove him straight into the the first eleven. Um, I mean, what two two goals against West Brom? He's definitely shown that at this level he can do it, and I think now he's got to can he can he do it at the England level? But I think he's definitely Kane and Abel. So, um, were you listening to Five Live yesterday, Colin? What? Are, no, Colin, no Colin they, they have t- all by himself. Have, have, have they used that? They I'm sure no one's used... ever used that pun before about Harry Kane. They used it all of yesterday on Sports Report. Well, I didn't listen to that. Unfortunately, I've been listening to bloody Cole Collymore, so I haven't. There's no puns there. No, <laughs> no, there isn't. So, on, honestly, I didn't steal that one. Um, but since we have a, a little bit of a history of uh, Harry Kane puns, I think I think we're going to we're running out now. Um, we're going to have to think of something new. I think that Harry Kane is a real credit to Pochettino because he really wasn't in in his plans at the beginning of the season. He's managed to force his way in, and there are some managers, some managers who've been at Tottenham before. Who <laughs> I was about to say, it might have been one <laughs> who wouldn't wouldn't give him that wouldn't give him that chance, and then also wouldn't be willing to go back on their on their um, their first instinct. Um, would stick religiously to their guns, and I think that just through sheer force of personality and goals, I suppose. You're allowed to, to you're allowed there. to say names, Adam. I don't think you're going to get sued. <laughs> I'll talk about all of them. I'm sure we'll touch about touch on one of the managers later on. 
when we come to talk about a certain fantastic away record. <laughs> um, but do we think that Tottenham are capable of doing something a little bit special? They, they're certainly going under the radar a bit under Pochettino, aren't they? They're, they're grinding out results. He's got a fairly young team which are starting to um, take shape. And he's beginning to mould in the way that he wants to play. They do you think they can maybe the, go on and get fourth or even a cup win? They're one of the they're one of the form teams in the Premier League at the moment, I think, aren't they? If you look at the, the yeah. form table. Um, you say that, but we, have we not got to wait this classic Tottenham? Do we not have to wait till tomorrow and make sure Levy doesn't do something stupid to, yeah. to destabilise the complete club because he thinks he can get a bargain? Well, they've got themselves... Uh... A seat at the final for the Capital One Cup. Um, although Chelsea will be favourites, that'd be pretty impressive if it's a trophy, if if, if they won it. Well, the real test it, will come next week, I think. Arsenal at White Hart Lane. Arsenal have got the grip between them, their teeth at the moment. We'll come on to them later, but I think that'll be a real test of this Tottenham side of whether they've got the, the quality to get that fourth spot. How far away is the is the um, is the Capital One Cup final? End of February. And so it'd be interesting to see what happens there because when you, once we get into that space, if Tottenham were to win that, that would that would obviously guarantee them a Europa League spot. It'd be then interesting to see whether they decided to go all guns blazing for the Europa League because that they might consider that to be their easiest way to get into the Champions League. Well, the way that they're playing at the moment, you couldn't you know four spots a possibility. I think it is, but I think there are... They're, they're, they're still liable to be very spursy. And there's so much competition for that position this season, I think. There's not a lot of depth in that Tottenham squad, though, is there? Wait till tomorrow, Tom. <laughs> if you take out Ericsson and, Ericsson and Kane, similar to what you've taken out um, Fabregas and Costa with Chelsea, they'd massively struggle. Those, those two have been miles ahead of anything else this season for them. I think oh, it's difficult to argue with that at the moment. I think that I think that the, the, perhaps the not the difference because Chelsea obviously have a, a, a very good squad as well. I think that the thing with Spurs is they do have a lot of good players who just aren't playing well in the Premier League. It's obviously in um, Lamella and Soldado they've, they've got players who haven't played well since they joined, but there's no doubting that they're good players and. Even Lamella this season has, at times, shown parts of it, especially at the beginning of the season. So, if Pochettino can go back to that form with Lamella, they've got a little bit more depth there than might be first apparent by looking at their squad list. Okay, that's Spurs covered in the one of the teams in the race for fourth. We'll go for one of the teams I agree in the race for third and fourth. Manchester United they had a fairly comfortable win at home to Leicester. At the weekend, although it was a, a typical Leicester performance, they were fairly plucky, but a couple of poor goals to the seed and a, an unlucky offside decision going against them kind of was their undoing. But again, I was on the way home to football listening to um, a 6.06, unfortunately, with that mongrel Robbie Savage. Um, there was a lot of criticism on there for Angel Di Maria and Angel not playing him in correct position. I mean, what do we, with the wealth of attacking talent that they have there? Do we think that where his best position is, or 
do we know how to solve a problem like Angel? God, Greg, come on. You're better Sorry. than that. I know. <laughs> um, I, I imagine Leicester turned up overconfident and they, they thought it was easy. They've done this before. Man United, no big deal. Turned out to be a lot harder this time around. In terms of in terms of Di Maria, um, I think that Van Gaal's come out and said that he he has a pro- like he has a problem. He he knows he can't fit all his talent onto the pitch in one place. I I'd still question if anyone really knows where Di Maria's best position is because he played very well for Real Madrid last season. That, that's undoubted. He was a a fantastic player for them for Argentina in the World Cup and that was playing in a, a central, slightly deeper role where he was all energy but he spent the most of his career playing as a, a wide man where he's been very dangerous and that is a position where you could see him fitting in for Manchester United as well so I'd say either of those positions are probably acceptable for him but I don't understand playing him up front when you've got all this attacking talent already. Can we see Matt maybe at the top of a diamond? That's where if you if you think you know Van Persie, um, Falcao, Rooney maybe swapping around as the two up top, and then you have Mata and Herrera and Blinds behind the Di Maria. Would that be a fairly reasonable suggestion? It would be, but then what are you doing with? I think that play, playing a diamond, you're not getting enough of... Van Gaal's not seeing that as getting enough of his premium talent on the pitch. He's He's got to work with Van Persie, Rooney, Falcao, Di Maria and Mata. Well, yesterday it was it was basically a, a 4-1-5 yesterday, wasn't it? If you look at the way that they were setting up. With Blinds being that, that one... And the likes of Falcao, Van Persie, Rooney, Yanazai, Di Maria, all playing in more advanced roles. Maybe but, that's where a weakness lies for them, that lack of protection. Maybe you, and that's the kind of thing that you can get away with against Leicester. Leicester at home, yeah. Not yeah. away from home, no. Not Leicester away. We all know what happened. We all know what happens there. <laughs> um but we'll touch quickly. That's enough United for me, I think. Um, we'll touch on Leicester. How do we think... I'm sure this is a question we ask ourselves most weeks, but how do we see them fair income made? Do we think they've got enough? It, it's looking tough, isn't it? I, I, I think, for me, Leicester and Burnley have sort of flipped. Because I, I put Burnley as the ones who are the complete out-and-outs. They, they, were, they were down before the ball was kicked in the Premier League. But... To some extent, seems to be putting a fist of it together. But Leicester, I mean, they seem to be committed to Pearson, don't they? Um, I don't think they're going to push him out. If they do, it's a little bit late now. Um, but I don't see how their fortunes are going to improve. And what, they're three points from safety at the moment, which is only three points. Okay. But it's... I don't know. I think I think they're going to be relegated. I think it's got harder for them once you've since West Brom have brought in Pulis have become 
bang on. Suppose, supposedly more mm. difficult to beat, and the Pardew factor at Palace just has been a roaring success up until this weekend. Um, once you t- maybe when you're looking at it before and thinking there's probably seven, eight teams who have the possibility of going down, and then all of a sudden that's that's just gone, and now you're looking at maybe it possibly even being a coin flip on whether you think these teams are good enough or whether they'll not, maybe not even be good enough, just be lucky enough. Well, the, the thing is, I think at, at the end of the day, it's going to be quite interesting because I think you've got a whole load of different scenarios. Leicester are misfiring, Burnley are misfiring, but sort of getting there. QPR are just QPR. Hull, I think Hull and Villa are on the same place. They're on the glass mountain. I think they're sliding down it, and I don't know how they're going to put the brakes on. Um, and as Adam, you you absolutely bang on rightly said. I mean, Crystal Palace have jettisoned themselves out of the mess. I think Sunderland have got enough about them. It's going to be interesting because there's just so many different teams in different scenarios and situations at the moment. Uh, we'll go on to a team that's really been struggling of late, and that's Hull City, and those their struggles continued this weekend at the, heart, at the hands of John Carver's Newcastle with a fairly comprehensive 3-0 defeat. Now, do we think... Uh, at the start of the season, a lot of people were tipping hold for a successful season on the back of their um, FA Cup run last season. Do we think that there is a real possibility of being relegated? Definitely. They've gone. They've gone. You think? Yeah. They're, they're, they're on, this is it. This, this is the glass mountain I'm on about. They're, they're on skids now. and there's, there's no way of stopping it, I don't think. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but... Is that not... I it's not the kind of thing you want to be... Uh, the cheerleader for, but is that anything that can be stopped maybe with a change of manager sometimes? Perhaps. The question is who? Um, yeah, who would they bring in? The uh, Pulis has already been picked up. Their, their owner is a little bit of a, a fruitcake. He he wouldn't be averse to selling them on. Um, well, when Harry Redknapp gets, gets sacked by QPR, then bring him in. And he can get Hull relegated. Yeah, I thought, you, I thought you told me he wasn't getting sacked, Tom, because his form was so good. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> but I think there was something telling in the analysis that Match of Day did last night about their, their midfield players and how poor they are at, when they lose the ball at tracking back and how that was at the root of a, a lot of the goals that they conceded yesterday. Um, do we think that uh, at the moment it doesn't look like they've got a stomach for a battle to get out of, out of from the drop? Well, I, I know they've been hit by injuries pretty badly. You know, I think Robert Snodgrass could really do a job for them, but he's he's injured. I don't see him appearing anytime soon. But I mean, one thing that's really annoyed me—I don't know what everybody else thinks about this—but El Mahamadi for Hall oh, when he when, when he put the ball in with his hand, it was definite. It was Maradona hand of God stuff and then went off and celebrated like he was the Messiah. And it's like, at what point do you not feel guilty about doing that? And unfortunately, it got picked up by the linesman or the ref. Um, but I thought that was really shocking. And to want to get a yellow card for that as well, I'd, I'd give mm. someone a straight red for that. It's dirty. I think fair play to um, Steve Bruce, who at the end of the game said that he wants his side to score goals, but not in that way. 
I think it would have been easy for him to come out and do a Mourinho and defend his players to the hilt, but fair play to the bloke. And I think if anything's going to, he looks like he's got the stomach for the fight, or the, and it's his players at the moment that aren't putting the shift in. He's got the face for the fight. Yeah, <laughs> he's been in a fight with his own face. Just, just out of interest, who was it who uh, won big on John Carver being appointed manager of Newcastle? Oh, that was me. Well done, Tom. Thank you. What what odds did you get on that? Ten to one. Fantastic. It's it's an awful appointment, I think. I don't rate John Carver at all, but um, it's an Ashley appointment, isn't it? Yeah. It's another yes man. Hey, whilst we're in the in the northeast, we'll go to the stadium alight. Another, we'll quickly touch on this. Sunderland 2, Burnley 0. Defoe getting off the mark and Conor Wickham getting a goal as well. An interesting partnership that I could be developing there. I didn't see Sunderland scoring two goals. No. I don't think I ever see Sunderland scoring two goals. In fact, I, I was entranced on Saturday afternoon by the odds of Burnley. Do we think Burnley nice... are in danger of burning out? It was the same seven lineups over Christmas, wasn't it, in a row? I don't. The the problem with Burnley is they they they've come to the Premier League just to be plucky, and everyone knows that staying up would be a massive, massive bonus for them. But they don't really care if they do or not. They they see that they're going by their sort of as I imagine every club in the championship has by their plan to get promotion they they consider themselves to be ahead of schedule and they see this as a way of going back down consolidating taking the money and being able to come back maybe next year maybe the year after much a much stronger team so i don't think they care if they burn out that's that's true i mean i mean just touch on Sunderland as well i, I think it's probably almost certainly been a very expensive deal but Jermaine Defoe could guarantee their survival in the Premier League, do you not think? He can still do it, can't he? Still got goals. I think it'll be interesting paying him 70 grand a week in three years' time. Yeah. I mean, he's, right. he's, he's still he's on loan, isn't he? Am I, am I no. right? No, he's, or no, has he no, been no, bought from Toronto? Three and, a half, three and a half year deal. I believe it was. My word. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'll leave it on that. We'll see how that develops, that three-and-a-half-year deal. Um, it must be something about the North East and ludicrously long, bad idea contracts. Um, we will now talk about... Well, who should we talk about? Let's stay at the bottom. Stoke 3, QPR 1. QPR, not ones to break, you know, break a habit. They lost their 11th league away game in a row. Do they look, we've said a couple of teams look, you know, on Collins Glass Mountain to be think that these Red Knapp slot are also destined for the drop? I think they're in trouble. I think they are as well. Big time. I think that, as um, as I had with a discussion with Tom on our, um, our chat a couple of weeks ago, I think that Tom was completely right and... About their about what their home form has done for them, but I think that's over now. I think when you look at that, that home form was a bit of a bit of a lie because it had been against. I think the only team 
they'd only beaten one team in the top half and they'd mm. drawn with Man City and or was it drawn with, I've forgotten now drawn with Man City perhaps and that was yeah, it yeah it was yeah that was it everything else was a win at home against a team that you would generally consider to be bottom half or relegation that, contender material but so that's now, what they, but that's what you've got to do to stay up you've got to beat the teams around you yeah but they failed. They're now failing to do that away from home. They've done it at home, and now that home form is going to desert them. They're going to lose their games because they're going to be playing against. They've played against Manchester they're, United. Yeah. They're going to be playing against Chelsea. They're going to be playing against Arsenal. They're going to be playing against big teams at home who are going to come and beat them because they've got they've got bigger bigger ambitions. Their first and, nine away league games were against last season's top nine, weren't they? And now that that schedule is going to repeat itself at Loftus Rose and can you see them picking up too many points from those nine games I'm not so sure and then with the away form that they've got you're struggling to see where they're going to get the um, the amount of points that they need to stay up I mean they're on 19 now can you see them picking up another 21 from their remaining 15 games I haven't seen the league table after this weekend's fixtures what position are they in the league 19th uh, so saying I can see them finishing bottom isn't that bold a claim, but I can see them finishing bottom. There's another problem for QPR, and to some extent Leicester as well. The Football League have put what I would regard as quite draconian financial fair play sanctions on, on the Championship. And so in the Championship, I think it's Leeds, Forest, Blackburn, who have got this transfer embargo in place. The problem is, is that if you got promoted to the Premier League from last season, which Leicester, Burnley, QPR did, if you spent over 8 million quid, it, it, but basically the, the rule is you can't spend more than 8 million than you've got sort of thing, um, then you're liable to fines if you got promoted. And, and Leicester and QPR were. So if QPR and Leicester went back into the Championship the Football League would almost certainly want a percentage of their cash that they would get as a result from TV money, sponsorship, from Skybet, things like that. Um, and I think that would be a massive worry for a club like QPR. Um, I think it might even be worth th- throwing money to try and stay up. Um, they've got assets, though, to sell. If they if they went down, they've got players that would attract money, haven't they? Got Austin and Sandro, maybe. Barton. Rio? Yes. Richard Dunn? Rio's book sales. Um, what else have we got there? We've, we've talked about QPR now. That's, have we done it? Have we missed any any games from yesterday? Liverpool? Uh, yeah. Adam? Everton Palace. <laughs> Everton won a game of football. I know. And didn't concede. It was my best day. Miraculous stuff. Are those the, the the faint relegation doubts eased? You're talking to the wrong person, Greg. I didn't never had any of these doubts. Um, sure, there are a lot of people on Twitter who did. Um, I think that we have been, we've played, we've played some bad. I'm not going. I'm going to pretend we have, we've played some bad stuff. It's a combination of a lot of things: bad, some bad football, some some bad injuries at, at, at 
mixed times as well. So we haven't had a, a period where we've just lost everyone, but we've just we've been missing Coleman, Baines, Jagielka, Stones, McCarthy, all, all at different times of the season. So I, I don't think there's been too many times when you've looked at that and thought that's the that is Martinez's first choice full strength lineup out there. And then on top of that, there's there's been some individual mistakes and those things happen. And I have no no problem that we won't sort it out, turn it around, and we'll finish in the top half. Can I shock you here, Adam? Can Go I, for it. I've done a little bit of research into Everton, and I think I know the reason for your for your earlier demise. Hopefully, this is the the, the upturn. Would it be fair to say that it's down? I, I would put it down to two factors. One, the loss of James McCarthy, who is perhaps very underrated since the end of November. And then on top of that, the mishmash and the changeovers that you've had to do with the, the back five, if you include Howard, because he's been out. Yeah. Um, and that the fact is that when you don't have Jagielka and Stones in central defence, you're making it up with Alcaraz, with Distan, and they're just not the same players. And those... I don't think it's so bad with Distan, but... It looks like Distan got very old very quickly. Yeah. But I remember him when he wore a Portsmouth shirt, and he was one of the the best centre-backs about, in my opinion. He was just so athletic, wasn't he? He, And he was was lightning quick as well. But it looks like maybe the pace that he once relied on isn't quite there. No, I think think that is a good observation. Um, I I think you're spot on, Colin. Spot on, that's exactly it. You see, the thing is, I think a lot of the attention goes on Ross Barkley, you know, the the next great white hope for England, you know what I mean? It's like this this guy who's going to revolutionise football, right? And But people are sort of missing the fact that maybe he's, he's still young, he's, maybe he's not all that right now, and it's James McCarthy who's probably one of the key figures at Everton. It was the same Ross Barkley that didn't make it off the bench yesterday. Yeah, he didn't didn't need him. Greg didn't, didn't need him. him. Got Gareth Barry. Who needs him? Hey, we'll pop over to the other side of um, Merseyside and we'll quickly talk about Liverpool. They beat West Ham two 0 and suddenly they've started to string a few results together. Starting to play quite well, and they could they they start to look like they have a faint hope of pushing for that fourth spot. And they've got Daniel Sturridge back. And Dee Studge is back. And back with a goal. He is important, isn't he? He is a good player. How does the Kane Sturridge front two for England sound? I think it would terrify the world. Team England. (laughs) Can't wait for the next World Cup. Forget that Rooney fella. (laughs) Yeah, who? Bin him. Those Germans are quaking in their boots. Yeah. yeah. Got to he. Right. I think that's Saturday done. Let's talk Sunday. We'll start off at um we'll start off at the Emirates before me and Tom get onto the game we really want to talk about. Um and it was Arsenal five, Villa Nil, and it was a bit of a demolition job, wasn't it? Arsenal at their imperious, fluid passing best. I thought that it was very brave from Aston Villa in that first half, as Carragher pointed out in his in his punditry that they um, 
they tried to harass Arsenal, they tried to break up, but I think that in total they just showed that they're just not good enough. They're such, they're just such an average team. Yeah. I've been saying it, they've getting, they, I said, I remember saying it a few weeks ago, that I think they need to get relegated. I felt, they need I'm something say... to, they need something to happen. The fans are just boring and they'd love, they'd probably love to have a season in the championship where they're winning and near the top. I'm going to say something else, Look at, I think... so, A lot of clubs are struggling when they, they're going down. Look at Fulham. Look at, um, there's been a lot of teams that have just gone down and struggled again. Blackburn Rovers. It's necessarily, yeah, it's not necessarily a given that a club that aren't, you know, are, are on that downward spiral when they do go down that they're going to come straight back up. I'm going to say something I think that survival I think, is paramount. I'm going to say something that I think we said on this this podcast probably two years ago. That just that midfield just isn't good enough. It's got the it's got the the potential to be a good midfield. In a couple of years, it's, they're like I mean, a team Westwood's of squad good, players. Westwood's a good player. Delph is a good player, but you know Westwood's been out recently, and it's just been Delph on his own. I mean, the likes of Sanchez aren't good enough. I can give you an update on uh, the next manager to leave odds um, in the Premier League, and previous Lambert. well, previously it was Steve Bruce and Harry Redknapp tied at five to two, but their odds are drifting. Okay, if you look at odds checker, boom, bang in, two to one, Paul Lambert, and he's getting shorter. And it's it's not really a surprise, is it? Well, I think his record since he signed a new contract um, 19 games ago, he's only won two games of that 19, not scoring many goals in the process. Did you, did you see the only stat on seven. the goals scored that um, they put all of the 92 league teams in England? Uh, in a table of who scored the most goals, Villa were bottom with 11 goals in the league, and they were the next lowest team had 20. I That's think how far off they are. That is obviously quite a big, a big differential. It, it isn't, it isn't good for them, obviously. But I did think that that was slightly a misleading table because some of when you're looking at 92, those 92 league teams, all of those are up. Bar the 20 in the Premier League, they're all playing 44 games. 46. 46. It's a different world. It's not one I'm involved Football in. Football League, Adam. <laughs> I should have stuck to what I know. But I would assume that you must have played more games than the Premier League have by now already, about, yeah? I think about four or five games more. But is that really enough to... That's not eight goals. Eight or nine goals, though, is it? Well, for, no, but I think for what what was showing was that weren't the teams below that like QPR or was it or West Brom or something? I think, I think West Brom was second bottom with twenty. I think the bottom and the, but there was another team with twenty who were also a Premier League team. So I still think that obviously being a Villa fan, that's it must be tragic. And but the problem is that Lambert's doing everything that he's the chairman wants him to do, isn't he? Well, now rumours are that Lerner's now starting to change his mind and maybe setting up isn't what he wants to do. So you you never know, there might be some investment coming into that. The, the, the challenge is selling a Premier League club and selling a Championship club are two very different things and two very different prices. And that's maybe where it was, his thinking is behind it. 
the, the thing is, what I would say about Aston Villa as well is that Lambert's not been helped by the fact that Roy Keane has done his usual and just picked up his boots and left. Oh, I don't fancy this anymore. I'm off. And he was his right-hand man. So that's not helping situations, is it? It's not as if they were fantastic with him there, though, is it? They were doing all right, they weren't. They weren't as bad as they are now. I think we're under we're underselling Arsenal here, but they were very very good. I know it's you can say who are they playing, but Arsenal, that, that, se- that that second half performance was fantastic. Just they, to watch they, them, it was like it was like watching Barcelona. At they some were point. toying. They were toying with Villa, yeah. weren't they? It could have been a lot more as well. Yeah, sorry, just go back to to Aston Villa quickly in their their goal problems. Do we not think that Scott Sinclair could he looked briefly looked quite dynamic? Do we think that he could create a, a cause a difference? He can't just be him though. He needs support. He's got to get someone to feed him the ball, and then someone's got to put it in the back of the net. But they, but they have Christian Benteke. Yeah, Benteke, who hasn't been on that very good form for the last year or so. He came he came into the Premier League with a bang, but since then, he's not that impressive. Well, you could say he hasn't got great service, but the great the great that's strikers exactly. make chances themselves. That's exactly what people would say, though, isn't it? They'd say he's been injured, he's not had great service. And those are probably the same things that you might even find Lambert pointing towards. And you wonder whether Scott Sinclair can be the person who can create those sort of chances for him. He can give the, he can give Villa a bit of pace, they can play on the counter-attack, because defensively, today notwithstanding, they have been a, a good defensive unit. Greg, you, hey. you, you mentioned Arsenal. Can, can, should we quickly just touch on Arsenal? I mean, you, you said they were great. I mean... Adam, are you slightly of a different opinion now about... I'm sure you earlier said that, that Wenger should go. He's, he's within one point of finishing third. No, I've not changed my mind. You reckon he should go? Yeah. What does finishing third achieve for Arsenal, though? That's what they always do, don't they? You know, finish top yeah, four. But, exactly. Um, exactly. I don't know. Maybe maybe if... Uh, they, they always are bad in the first half of the season. Second half, come back to it, but... But what a, a club like Arsenal shouldn't be looking to... That's not, That shouldn't be their goal, should it? Finishing third? My, my thought would be, with a little bit of investment, would they be able to put in a fight for the title next season. But was that not the feeling two years ago when they signed Urzo and then the feeling last this summer when they yeah. signed Sanchez? And yeah. I just... Nothing seems to be changing with Wenger. He doesn't seem to be addressing the issues that he has in his squad. And you... I... Everyone thought that an FA Cup win would turn the tide and it would help with the mentality of the squad and they could go on and they could be serious challengers this season. But... If, when you see how quickly the atmosphere at the Emirates turned toxic against Wenger after what they'd already they'd won finally won something, and it seemed to me that the fans turned on his back quicker than they ever do before. Yeah, good point. Right, and we'll finish off with the last um, Premiership game of the weekend. It was at St Mary's, and it was uh, John the John Joe Shelby show. 
that was more difficult to say than it should have been. Um, <laughs> I have a who, feeling, and, Greg and Tom, that we're going to have a very different perspective on this game. I I didn't watch. I watched the last ten minutes, which I think was the best bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, by all accounts, the first eighty wasn't a great affair. But then John Joe came to the show, and uh, in some quarters, a controversial red card. Although I don't think it was. Definitely. No, nothing controversial no. about that at all. No, over the ball, reckless, two-footed, excessive yeah. force. Can't. No arguments for me. Don't have a problem with that. Um, I do think that Swansea nicked it. Oh, definitely. That's that's not that's not being questioned. <laughs> no, we're not we're not disagreeing with that, Adam. Oh, right. If anything, so you, that, that makes me feel a lot better. I was about to say, is that why you're enjoying it even more? Yeah. They did. Did you not think they they deserved to get a draw out of it because of the way they'd fought and the way they defended? I think Ashley Williams on his by himself deserved some kind of points. Ashley Williams should have more away points than QPR. <laughs> um, I think that's yeah. I think you are you're probably fair fair in your assessment there, Tom. Um, I did think a. I did think again that Southampton were, for me, were very impressive. They, the way they, the way they controlled the game, and I'm also still impressed from, from when I went to St Mary's to see Everton get an absolute beating. Just how compact they are when they haven't got the ball, how well they defend, and I think that was shown by the stat that Sky kept going on about about the fact that Swansea had three touches in their box all game, and the fact that. The goal had to be scored from a, a John Joe Shelby effort from distance. I did, I did, I do like the look of that. Um, is it Elia, that Southampton's winger? He yeah. looks like he's got. He looks like he's got some great feet. I wouldn't fancy being a fullback up against him. Liable for a bit of a tantrum though. Yeah, so I was. I wasn't impressive. Tadic though. He every he put a cross in to go straight to the keeper and then moans that no one's making a run in front of the keeper. You don't put a cross in straight to the keeper. He seems temperamental. He seems the sort of player who's either brilliant or non-existent. I mean, he's obviously been brilliant a few times this year, but a couple of times I've seen him and I just thought, just just nothing special. It'll be. I thought Carragher made another interesting interesting point in his punditry that um, about how the respect that Swansea showed Southampton and whether other teams will do that in the second half of the season and how they're going to respond to that. Do you realise that's three times now you've agreed with Redknapp and Carragher? The Redknapp one I can't forgive myself for. Carragher's all right. It's like Genev. You feel good when you agree with his opinion. The best bit about Jamie Carragher is he isn't the best pundit on fun Monday Night Football. <laughs> right, I think that's England sorted. We were we were going to talk about Asia and Africa, but they're quite big places, and we're running out of time, so we <laughs> won't do that. But what we will do is we will we're going to pop over to Spain because there were some fantastic scenes at the Vicente Calderon um, this Wednesday night. Wasn't there, Adam? Fernando Torres. What it was Torres of old, wasn't it? <laughs> it's like it's like he never left Madrid. No, oh, it was so. His first touch was so wonderful, and then the the finish was 
you know, precise and perfect. It was, it was Fernando of old. He had that glint in his eye. And I think, I think you've, you've absolutely nailed it there, Greg. I think it's, it's that he, when, you know, when you, sometimes you hear players talk about how, when football becomes a job for them and it, it, that in that moment it changes. It's no longer it's no they're no longer playing for the love of the game. They're playing because it's their job. And I think that back at Madrid, it is he's playing for that love of the game again. He's averaging a goal, I think, every seventy minutes at the moment. Which God, that's kind of esque Yeah, you can't you can't complain at that. And there there was a lot of derision at you know Simeone's decision to bring him in. But I think um, Sid Lowe put it well when he said that it, that move has an emotional attachment to it and it Simeone will get him will get him fit as well and um, it, it, he, he's if anyone's going to get the best out of um, Torres it will be Atletico and Simeone has but he grown his hair long yet it's it's on its way back isn't it I think oh that's why then isn't it yeah <laughs> um, there's um, what else happened there was another mo- there was a lot happened in this game it was the, the Copa del Rey course final which Barcelona won. I don't even remember the score anymore. That much happened. It was 3-2 to Barcelona, wasn't it? In the end. Um, all the goals in the first half, but so much happened. There was a red card at half-time, which no one at Sky noticed until about the 50th minute, <laughs> which when they did a count of the players, and I realised Atletico had 10 on the pitch. Um, and then Arda Turan stepped forward um, loses his boot in the tackle and then proceeds to throw it at the linesman. He missed as well. Just he missed. Yeah, that's, probably what, hit... that's probably why he got the yellow card. Yeah, poor accuracy. Um, yeah, that, and that, if you haven't seen it, find a vine of it. It's fantastic. And for some reason, he only got a yellow card. But don't worry, they still got another player sent off. And then they, were, then they had another player who was arrested... After yes, the game as well, yeah, uh, I think... mouthing off to a, a copper. Um, so that happened, and that was a, a week in Spain, basically. Bale missed an open goal. That also happened yesterday, and incurred further wrath from the the Madrid Real Madrid faithful. They are ridiculous, aren't they? <laughs> they are. <laughs> Oh, but if you support a club like Real Madrid, you kind of have to live up to you've it. You've got to find you? something to moan about, to, haven't you? Yeah, you've got to, you've got to find something. <laughs> live up to the theatre. Um, um, and that is that is Spain. And what we'll do, I think that's enough football for this week. And I think Tom and Colin have some stuff, some special games lined up now. You tweet, you tweet, you tweet, you tweet, you tweet, you tweet, you tweet. Hello and welcome you to tweet. You Tweet. I'm, ta- I'm Tom, I'm taking over from Colin this week as uh, I think Colin wants to uh, get involved with the game. I think he's left out as he... Uh, he always does the games and wants to actually play them one for a change. So let's see how he performs. If uh, you don't know the rules, it's basically tweets from people that are involved with Man on the Post and 
you've got to, I read them out and you've got to guess who tweeted it. Colin, I'm guessing you came up with a name for it. You tweet. Yeah, well done. I, I don't, I don't. There's no scoring system, so let's just get straight into it. Uh, the first one is is well, it's it's controversial in a way, but not. So, uh, who tweeted this? Chad Evans just scored against me on Football Manager. Surely that shouldn't count. Huh. Ooh. Ross, I reckon. Are Ross's tweets included? Everyone that's involved with Man on the Post is included. Yeah, I'm going with Ross. Ross. Colin, what are you going for? Um. I, I don't know. I, I reckon. Who plays it? You play. There's, everyone, no, there's no room for logic. Everyone right. except you, Colin. Colin. There's oh, always room for logic. I, I'm going to go with Greg. Did I say that? I don't know. It's quite interesting because it was tweeted in 2012, which uh, is probably why you've forgotten that you did tweet it, Greg. <laughs> I'm <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I still raise an interesting comment, though. Should it count? <laughs> you were ahead of your time, Greg. I was, yeah. Go back and retweet that, Tom. It's oh, I'll have to find debate. it again now. Adam didn't get a chance to have a go on that. Yeah, I did. I said, I said Ross. Yeah. Oh, did, oh, sorry, yeah. They both said Ross, yeah. Well, this, this one, this could apply to anyone that's ever watched a football game. Uh, who tweeted... Football is just a constant kick in the bollocks for me right now. It's quite a deep one. Colin. I'm gonna I'm say going Colin. I'm gonna say you, Tom. I reckon that I reckon I might have said that. You did say that, Adam. You actually remembered your own tweet. But I'm pretty sure any one of us could have <laughs> tweeted that or a similar worded tweet at some point. So out of everyone. Adam has the least right to be angry at football. <laughs> been on the pod with a Leeds, Portsmouth and Millwall supporter. <laughs> right, let's go for a non-football related one now. Um, what we got? Okay. Went to deposit some money on my Skybet account and I've ended up trying to FaceTime my granddad. <laughs> uh, no, hang on. That Was, was that James? Was this old school Belfontaine? Oh, I don't know about this one. Um, Skybet. I, I don't. I'm, I'm well. I'm, I don't have a Skybet account, so it's probably not me. Um, I'm but did go- you try and make a Skybet account and actually well, on your granddad? But, but well, both my granddads are dead, so um, <laughs> oh, wow. probably not. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it started with Chad Evans, and now you've got to <laughs> so, see why uh, Colin looks after these quizzes. <laughs> I, I'm going to go Adam on this one. Oh god, I don't think it was me. Um, my first guess would have been you, Tom, but I don't think that, that sounds like something uh, half-cut James would have done. I like <laughs> I like James. I like Greg's thinking there, so I'm going with Greg. And, I'm saying James. It was James. (laughs) (laughs) 
making a, a long-awaited return to the podcast. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, right, let's go back to football now. Next tweet is simply Michael Brown comes on, leads score two more goals. Hashtag game changer. Ross. Mm, Ross. I'm going to say Ross. Or is it me? Actually. Um, no, I'm well, gonna, you know no. it's going to be one of you two. <laughs> no, I'm going to go Ross. I'm sure I wouldn't have said that. You didn't say it, Colin. It was Ross. There we go. Uh, right, next one. I remember the good old days when everyone was happy and we all used to rate each other's cheese on toast pictures. Hmm. Ooh. This sounds like the Adam and his crazy London leisure time. That's <laughs> what they do in the capital. I would say, I think, I'm sure Ross went through a period where he thought it was good to tweet pictures of his food. So, maybe, maybe Ross for me. I just think there's been an absence of, an absence of Tom's tweets. I reckon it's possibly Tom. So what, Greg, you going for Adam, me or Ross? I'm going for Adam. You're all, you're all wrong. It was, you, you, Greg, you were half right with the uh, crazy London leisure time. It was actually James again. James, yeah. <laughs> Christ. It does sound like a thing to do south of the river, doesn't it? We don't go in for that nonsense here on the north side. Yeah, that's a strictly bourbon sea. <laughs> uh, right, next one. I hope Janine doesn't win I'm a Celebrity. I've never forgiven her for pushing Barry off that hill. <laughs> Colin. 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 Or always Colin. Was it me? I don't know. Um... It was. Admit it. <laughs> Was she on Celebrity Big Brother? She won, didn't she? I'm a celebrity, not. not oh, celebrity I'm a, oh, yes, she won. I'm a celebrity, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm gonna go Ross. It wasn't. It that one was actually me. <laughs> oh. Also followed by a tweet from James saying it also killed Sean Williams' career. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. <laughs> That this one should be obvious, but I saw it earlier and I just had to bring it up. This is a tweet. Uh, it's at Hope Solo. Hi there. We at Man on the Post voted you the sexiest American female footballer. P.S. What's Kelly O'Hara's Twitter? Followed by a second tweet at Kelly O'Hara. Hi there. Man on the Post voted Hope Solo the sexiest American female footballer, but you're my favourite. <laughs> Colin. Okay, so a little bit of history here. This is when we used to have a quiz. Was it was it Ballers or was it one of the others? I can't remember. They Who all blend into one, don't they? Yeah. Um, but we, we went through a little bit of a Hope Solo. Um, bit of passion, didn't we? So um, Before we realised just how much of a nutcase she is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that was me. Barry's obviously James. No, because he wouldn't say another one's his favourite, because we all know how he felt about Hope Solo. I, I reckon it's you, Tom. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I'll, give it, I'll give it away by reading a third tweet in the sequence, which is, 
So next time you're in London, I'll take you to Millwall and we can go for a Nando's <laughs> at Elephant and Castle. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. He's come back with a vengeance, hasn't he? <laughs> Young Belfontaine. She never replied, just... did she? No, neither of them did. There were too many gems for not to use in, though. <laughs> right, let's, uh, let's go for the last one. I think, I think maybe my favourite. This one, it was at someone else, I won't say who. It said, confident in Warnock. He got Sheffield United promoted with a worse team than we have now. Nothing to stop him getting a few loans in to add to the squad. Oh, Colin. I hope, no, I want it to be Ross. <laughs> I would never have ever said anything positive about Warnock. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely putting Ross in the frame for this one. It gives me great pleasure to announce it was Ross. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he tweeted it at you, Colin, as well. In 2012. <laughs> Tremendous. Oh, uh, enjoy that uh, when you're what, editing this, Russ. What's the odds <laughs> of that being edited out? <laughs> we just need to keep making references to it until yeah. the end of the show now. What, so it doesn't make sense unless he keeps yeah, it in? exactly. Okay, deal. <laughs> right, that's the end of you tweet this week. Someone, who got the most? I reckon, I reckon Colin probably got the most right. No, there's only one winner, and it's James. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm one big loser, and it's worse. Yes. <laughs> okay, after another tension-filled edition of you tweet, we come to the end of this on the post podcast. Like to say, no, well done everyone for getting involved. Say, big, big football analysis going on there. So, is there anything so, you want to uh, plug? That and the Warnock Club. That was that and the Warnock Club. Oh, Ross. Oh, Ross. Um, <laughs> what have um, you done? Do not edit this out. Um, I, I hope the Seahawks win now, so he's in a good mood when he's listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, is there anything we want to plug? Yeah, get onto manofthepost.com. Some brilliant articles up there. Um, have a look, see what you think. Make some comments, because um, the guys who are writing uh, articles for us coming up with some really great stuff so uh, that's much appreciated to them so yeah give them a read yes do that um, also follow us man at man on the post on twitter stuff happens on there um, yeah I don't think there's much else to plug no I think we should I, I think we've given them a sample of how good our, our twitter feeds are they need to find them themselves exactly yeah yeah um, the, the beauty's in the chase Exactly. Um, right, I think it's time to finish it there. So it's time to say goodbye, fellas. It's a goodbye from Adam. Bye. Goodbye from Tom. See you later. Who's left? I forgot. Colin, sorry. It's a goodbye from you, Colin. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, and it's a goodbye from me. And always remember to have your man on the post. What happened to Tom's car? Yeah, so so what happened, Tom? I mean, I believe that uh, somebody made a rude daubing on your on your car. Well, it's, a, it's a little bit like Alan Partridge, where someone put cock piss cock partridge, piss partridge on her. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I went I went back to my car on Friday. And it was in like, a big car, a big car park in Fairham. I went back to it after work on Friday. It was about well, about one o'clock in the morning, and it all iced over, apart from well, it iced over, and someone had drawn a big, massive penis, guys. <laughs> and because I had like I only had like a tiny bit of de-icer left, so I had to like sit in my car waiting for it to go for like fifteen minutes. Just How did, sitting there with a massive cock on my car. How did they know it was your car? I, I don't think it was a personal attack. <laughs> I think that, I think they just saw a car, someone just saw a car with some ice and I think, oh, chance for a penis. Was it one of the only ones in the, left in the, in the parking lot at that point? Sorry? Was it one of the only ones left? Uh, there were a few cars scattered around. I didn't notice any other ones that had been... Uh, drawn on but maybe they'd already um already been back and washed theirs off they'd get the shame off <laughs> it wasn't even a it wasn't even a very good penis no if you if you you'd have the time there'd be no one around you'd have time to make it look good there wasn't there wasn't any hair on the balls there wasn't any maybe, ejaculate maybe their finger was cold maybe yeah. Uh, have have, have uh, Crime Watch been in touch? Is there going to be a reconstruction of of you, Tom, a fake Tom, looking s- surprised and? Aghast? And then it co- it it go- goes to a shot on the floor where I drop my bag in slow motion. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that sounds good actually. They haven't maybe been touched yet. Maybe you need to go to them. That's probably yeah, but there's no evidence of it there anymore. And I just hope it doesn't reappear when my car ice is over next. <laughs> like when you draw on the mirror in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, then, moving on. I've got a little quickie for you, if you fancy it. Oh, Colin, what have I told you about that? Well... Not with everyone else around. I know. Would anybody like to enter the amazing world of Michael Owen? Oh. No. Yes. If we have to. Because... Does everyone else know about the, t- the time he was tweeting about when he was on his flight back from Los Angeles? I hope I'm, am I, is that ruining the? No, ruining no, the I have, no, I haven't got that one. He's tweeting, and just imagine the tones of Michael Owen tweeting. And um, he obviously needs to get back to his house, which he is in Cheshire somewhere. So he's he's flying into um, into Heathrow, and there's some bad weather at Heathrow. So his flight has been has been. Um, redirected to Manchester so it lands at Manchester airport and he's tweeting about all his diversions everything and then he's tweeting about how they won't let him off at Manchester airport so he has to stay on the plane and then the the weather's cleared and he flies back to to Heathrow where he's missed his connecting flight to Manchester (laughs) and (laughs) when you can see it in the series of banal bland tweets from Michael Owen is just it's like a Muppet's Christmas Carol is this definitely this, this definitely isn't like a like the boring Milner account. This is actually no, Michael no. Owen. This no, is the real Owen. verified Michael Owen account. I'm, I must start following him. <laughs> you should see what he asked his wife to do on Twitter. Terrible. Oh. Have you not seen that? Maybe we should let Colin play the game first. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> go on. Go Colin. All the way. Well, this 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 quiz has come from Michael Owen's Twitter. As you say, some some great stuff comes out there. Um, and what I want to do is just a, a round robin 
Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll start, not in alphabetical order, in anti-alphabetical order. So we'll start with Tom, then Greg, then Adam. And just take it in turns to try and answer this uh, Michael Owen quiz. Michael Owen has watched eight films <laughs> in his life. But I want you to name the eight films that Michael Owen has watched. You get one right, you get a point. We keep going round until we either die or get the answers right. We're going to die, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom, do you want to make a start? What What are the eight films that Michael Owen has watched? Monsters, Inc. No. Greg, go. Seabiscuit. You, you're on to this, aren't you? He has seen Seabiscuit. Yeah. yeah. That's a horsey like film. <laughs> yeah. Black Beauty. No, not Black Beauty. Tom, go. Um, saving Private Ryan. No, that's incorrect. Greg, have another go. Uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is correct. You're on two. Adam, Damn it, Greg, that was my next... I knew that was, <laughs> yeah. that was what I knew. I went with Black Beauty for a joke and I've ruined my chance of a point. Um, <laughs> Godfather. Incorrect. Tom, over to you. Shawshank Redemption. No. No, Michael How can Owen. you... Everyone in the world has seen that film. <laughs> Not Michael Owen. He um, hates films. Hashtag hates films. Greg, next one. Godfather Part 2. Didn't bother with the first one. Nope. <laughs> There's no, Tracy number two. No Godfathers. No. Adam. Ocean's 12. <laughs> Good shout. Good shout, but no, he hasn't seen Ocean 12. Tom. Scary Movie 4. Oh, come on. Right. Think, <laughs> think, think classics. Think classics. Scary Movie 2. No. Greg. Goal. No. Adam. He's probably in goal too. Or goal. Yeah. yeah. I think he is in goal too, actually. Well, I can tell you didn't bother to watch it. <laughs> is it my go? Yeah. Uh, uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is correct. Ah! One to Adam. Tom. Miss Congeniality. No. <laughs> Greg. Um, Escape to Victory. No. Adam. Oh, no. I'm playing properly now. After I've screwed up my Jurassic Park point, I'm going for classics. Um, after Forrest Gump. We're basically thinking... Um, I'm the, thinking of seminal films that everyone has seen. 80s, and... 90s, 2000s. So he's, he's not a Casablanca kind of guy. They've only got 30 years of guessing. <laughs> I mean, how many films can there be in that time, Tom? Not many. Any of um, you. We've gone with my ridiculous. I'm not going with a Rocky One. Correct. Oh, oh, it's it's getting tight here. So two points to both Greg and Adam. Tom, you're you're playing catch up. Rocky Two. No, he's only seen the one Rocky film. I didn't like it, did he? He hasn't he hasn't found a film he likes yet, so he's never going <laughs> to have seen a sequel. Um, Rambo. Oh, no. theme. I like no. it. Yeah, no. I was going sly theme. Um, Greg. Eighties films. 
Oh, I've got one. Go on, Greg. It's not my guy. I said Rambo. Um, it's my go. Reservoir oh. Dogs. Mm, good shout, but no. Actually, I'll tell you where we're at right now. We could be on here for ages, so just give <laughs> me seminal films. Die Hard. No. Cool Runnings. Correct. <laughs> Greg is on three. What's he has? Um, Karate Kid. Correct. <laughs> three all. Oh, Tom, come on. I don't really know my films. Um, the Perfect Storm. Oh, good. I haven't seen that in ages. No. Nor is my flowing. There's no order. Just keep chucking them out. Um, American Pie. No. How many more? There's only two, two more. Give us an era. Nineties, two thousands. We had Die Hard, haven't we? Um, Anchorman. No, I don't think you're going to get these guys. Right, come on, um, Colin, give us a chance. All right, give, keep going. Give if us you an want... actor. Give us an actor. Cliffhanger. Um. The Fugitive. The late deceased Patrick Swayze. Ghost. Sharknado. Who said ghost? I said ghost. It is ghost, yes. He's seen ghost. The Fugitive. Bodyguard. No. no. Speed. No. It's, it's Swayze the Siege. No. Uh, Patriot. Who said heat? Me. Correct. Oh, oh. Nice. Are oh, we right. there? Are yeah. we there? I think we are. Yeah, so... Michael Owen has seen Rocky, Heat, Ghost, Jurassic Park, Cool Runnings, Sea Biscuit, Karate Kid, and Forrest Gump. Imagine those being the only eight films you've seen and still not liking films. Oh. No, but not... actually, since since that tweet, he's seen all the um, scary movie films. So that's for <laughs> me. <laughs> He's not even bothered to watch a Bond film. You know. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even think of Goldfring. Oh. So there we go. That was just a little quickie. Uh, so thank you to everybody who's listened all the way to the end of the podcast so that you can enjoy the magic that is the amazing world of Michael Owen. Well done, all two of you. <laughs> probably probably made it to the end. Greg, tell us your story. What story? About his wife. Oh, he... um. He tweeted a picture of his um, two dogs, and one of his dogs was sniffing the other dog's bollocks. And he uh, he tweeted saying, "I'm going to ask Mrs. O to do something the same tonight." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he took a picture of her, and she was just put, turned away from the camera with her middle finger up. And he was like, <laughs> and he tweeted again saying, oh, "I guess I'm not getting any tonight." But they made they made up whilst they were watching Miss Congeniality, so that's five points. <laughs> and Tom's the winner exactly so there you go a quiz that may never ever return again <laughs> we've kind of covered all of it haven't we yeah. there's nothing else to need that we need to know about Michael Owen is there really it's all done imagine that being in your Wikipedia when you die <laughs> you know eight films that you watched you know it's 